following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Hello and welcome to Talking Cowboys 101. I'm Heckma Harrison, and today, guys, I have the awesome opportunity to talk with a guy that really needs no introduction. Uh, he is a former Appalachian State quarterback, former NFL uh, scout, a co-host on on NFL Network. Also, man, his podcast is amazing. He and B- Bucky Brooks and uh, Move the Sticks. He is a color commentator. Uh, for the San Diego Chargers, the one and only Daniel Jeremiah. How are you, DJ? I'm doing great, Heckman. I appreciate you having me on. Two things. First, uh, right. A, I, I, I love your energy and your smile. It's, <laughs> it's pepping me up this morning. Uh, right. And then in the background, I need the story. First of all, I love the Muhammad Ali pick, but I need okay. the story on the on the bleachers behind you, the bleacher chairs there, because those are pretty dope. Man, that is from Texas Stadium. I was oh once, nice. Yeah, so once the rubble went down, I had to get those. Man, I pulled those out. See, one hundred six and one hundred seven, man. So you got to be a cowboy fan to sit in those chairs. So I'm going to ask you to see yeah. if we can get you a VIP access over here in these seats. All right. I, I tell you, true story. True story. As we get started here, <laughs> I grew up a diehard cowboy fan. You know, I grew up in San Diego, but my dad. Uh, would do a lot of the chapels for the Chargers and then for the visiting teams. Well, my dad went to seminary in uh, in Dallas. He went to Dallas Theological Seminary. So he used to sell programs at Cowboy games, like when he was right out of college. So he had been a Cowboy fan from way back. And then the Cowboys used to come out there, as they do now, spend a lot of time in California. So he developed a, a good relationship with Coach Landry at that time. So as a kid, we would go down and see the, the, the preseason game against the Chargers, and we would go to the Cowboys practice. So I've been a Cowboy fan all growing up. You know, the 90s was when I was in high school. So those are fun times. Uh, but I had never been to Texas Stadium. And I was I went on a trip with my dad and we had a layover at DFW and it was a long layover. Uh-huh. And so I, I don't even remember where we're going, but I, I know we had a long layover. And my dad said, OK, we got off the plane. It was a lot easier, like pre 9-11 at that time to get in and out of airports. So we got a cab. We went to Texas Stadium. I don't know how there was security was not there, apparently, because we walked into the stadium, walked onto the 50 yard line to the star. And I remember just, I was I was probably like 12, something like that. And I just remember how crowned the field was. I had never seen a field that was that crowned. You stand in the middle and just look downhill to the sidelines. Um, but that was so that's the only time that I'd ever been in there. I've been in the new stadium a bunch with work. Uh, but the only time I'd ever been in Texas Stadium and see those bleachers there was, uh, was when I had a long layover at DFW as a little kid. Oh my God! Now that is crazy, man. If that that crown was there all the way through the the eighties, late eighties, early nineties, mm-hmm. so that had to have been uh, that time. But DJ, man, I really appreciate you for joining me. But I gotta ask you, man, how are you and your family doing doing all of this COVID nineteen that we have going on in America? Yeah, I think you know, like all of us, right? We're just hanging in there. You adjust to a new way of life. Um, we've been able to get out a little bit more. I mean, we were really cooped up for a very long time. Um, and you know, California, like Texas, we've seen you know spikes. So we're very careful, wear a mask and social distance, and follow all the guidelines. Um, but we, we've played a lot of card games as a family. We've uh, <laughs> spent a lot of time together. Uh, I, I tell you what, the uh, there's some things, and I think from a broad standpoint, like for football wise, from operations standpoint, scouting, 
Um, and even like personally, I, there are more efficient ways to do things and maybe we've done them in the past. And I think once we get on the other side of this thing, um, some of the practices we've picked up, I know I have like individually work-wise as well as the simple things like calling ahead for your order and then pull up into the parking space and they bring you out your food while everybody waits in that long drive through line. Genius. So I'm, I'm trying to find some positives that we can take out of this when this is all over. How are you, how are you and your crew doing, by the way, man? man? Man, hey, I'm the same. I'm the Uno champion in my household. So <laughs> crowning myself. So this a lot of card game, card games, board games, all of that going on over here. But with the time that I have with you, man, I want to yeah. get right into it, DJ. And so I'm going to ask you to play Roger Goodell. You are the commissioner of the NFL right now. You feel richer. Right, right now, I say that you're Roger Goodell. So, um, with everything that's going on with COVID nineteen, and everyone is waiting to hear what this season is going to be like. And again, I'm asking you to play Roger Goodell. So you're going down into your Roger Goodell bunker and about to see yeah. your lazy boy, and you're thinking to yourself, "Self, I'm a genius. I'm the leader of the largest, league, <laughs> one of the largest leagues in the world. Are you thinking that you're going to delay the NFL, the start of the NFL season because of the of COVID-19 or go forward and take examples from MLB and NBA. And if someone comes down with it, we'll just isolate quarantine, things like that. What do you think this season is going to look like and what's going to be the best way to go through a season start to finish? Well, he's got so many decisions he's got to make. Um, and that's a lot of weight on his shoulders. When you think about the, obviously start with the safety of everybody involved at the very top of the list. And then you also have the finances uh, involved for everybody that's in the league and associated with the league. So that's a lot of responsibility on his, on his plate. I mean, look it, me personally, I know there's been some talk about, uh, you know, go, we're going down to two preseason games and now there's talk player association, you know, would prefer if we had no preseason games. And to be honest with you, I'm okay with that. Wh whatever gets us to week one safely that we can launch this thing and get it started. Like that's the first phase is can we get this thing up? Um, so once you can get it up, now we worry about how do we maintain it going forward? But I think that's the first place I would start. And, you know, I, you know, in a normal year having, you know, two, three preseason games, I think is beneficial Four was probably a bit much, but in this special unique circumstance, man, let's just get to week one. If you come to come to training camp with, you know, say 80 players, limit that number down a little bit to say 80, um, no preseason games. You just got to get yourself ready to go. Uh, allow for the fact that it's a 16 game season. You know, you can you can afford to adjust a little bit in the first quarter of the season and find your stride and, and still have a chance to accomplish all your goals. So that would be the area that I was going and then have the plan in place that once, um, you know, once we do have, you know, the positive tests are inevitable, they're going to happen is those proper protocols you negotiate with the Players Association so we can take care of these guys. But I'm optimistic if we can get to the first part of it, which is get the thing going, right? Get us up to week one, that we can make the adjustments as we go along to get through a season. Yeah, now, look, man, I am, like I told you before in our introductions, man, I'm a big fan of yours. I followed a lot of your podcasts, and, and I want to ask you a, a Mike McCarthy question. And, you yeah. know, as Mike McCarthy's basically at Green Bay. He had 100% of his playbook at his disposal because of Aaron Rodgers. Now he's yeah. in Dallas. He has a young quarterback. Well, 
a fifth-year quarterback and Dak Prescott. I heard you make a lot about 12 personnel. And you know Mike mm -hmm. McCarthy loves 11 personnel, and he can do a lot out of 12 as well. But you talked about those teams that have had success, and there's, these are some of your upper echelon teams like the 49ers and the Vikings mm -hmm. that play that big boy ball. And we have a running back that is ball control personified, yeah. right? And yeah. so when you look at Mike McCarthy and just basically – the learning curve with him and Dak Prescott, sending him, obviously, with the contract, he's going to be in the upper echelon of those quarterbacks as far as his contract, but as far mm -hmm. as his playmaking ability, how does Mike McCarthy feed and grow Dak Prescott from where he is right now? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, we talk about the importance of 12 personnel and the shift the league has made. A lot of those top offenses are utilizing that. Well, the Cowboys you know, even as a different coaching staff offensively moved the ball as well as anybody last year. And I think when you look at the addition of CD lamb, they're kind of built as an 11 personnel team and they're going to be able to spread you out and then let Zeke take advantage of, of some of those lighter boxes because of the weapons that you have on the outside. So I'd anticipate we'll see more of that, but I'm fascinated. You know, Mike McCarthy, we, we just think of the offense that he ran, you know, in green Bay and going back to the Niners, having the time off that he did, to study trends, to study the college game as well, you know, as the unique skill set that Dak brings to the table. You know, Dak and Aaron Rodgers, they're both athletic, but Dak, what he can do as a runner is on a whole nother level. And yes. so, so I'm curious to see how much quarterback run game they're going to incorporate into this offense because you won't find a better backfield in terms of the combination with Zeke and Dak in terms of the size and the power to be able to do what they want to do and the durability to hold up uh, to some of that. So, that to me is what I'm fascinated to see is do we see the exact same offense we saw in Green Bay? Or are we going to see some some new additions, a, a newer version of some of the things he learned during his time off? Absolutely. Now, with the one of the, the the stronger parts of our team has been for years our offensive line. I mean, we have yeah. perennial pro bowler all the way across. Now, with the retirement of Travis Frederick, which caught us all off guard for this dreadful disease, uh, but we wish him nothing but the best in his retirement. Now, we enters Joe Looney, who's had an opportunity to step in for Frederick in the past. However, in the draft, we go in and we get in the fourth round, a guy by the name of Tyler Biotish from Wisconsin, yep. All-American, All-World guy. Also, at left guard, we have Connor Williams and Connor McGovern, uh, a guy from Penn State that missed all of last year because of a pec injury. Now, aside from Tyler Biotish, Biotish all of these mm -hmm. positions are interchangeable. Week one, starting five for the Dallas Cowboys, obviously your usual suspect in left guard, right guard, uh, and right tackle. Who do you say mm -hmm. uh, is going to start for the Dallas Cowboys at center and at guard? Yeah, I, I think you're going to see Looney, and I think you'll see Connor Williams. I, I mean, I, I, that to me, I think you start with just having experience and you're in a new system. I think that that uh, veteran uh, group right there with those guys, I think that's where you start. And we'll see what Biotish can do as he gets adjusted to the NFL game. I know they they love to pound the rock, uh, and you saw that in college with him, and you saw him move people. But I thought pass protection, there's still some room for growth for him and to develop. So, you know, look, it's the NFL. As much as the Cowboys, as good as they are running the football, it's still you're going to have to put the ball up a lot. And there's still some development for him there in the passing game. So I think I would trust the guys that have been there a little bit. And then with McGovern and Biotish, you kind of let's, let's get them up to speed because – in any year, you need depth on the offensive line. Now, when you start thinking about potentially what could happen if you get a positive test and guys have to sit down, you're going to need to come into the season with nine guys 
that are going to be able to roll through and play eventually at some point in time. So we'll see them. We're going to see all those guys, but that would be the five I would start out with. All right. That's the answer I was looking for, man. Now, move the sticks with you and Bucky. I want to tell you, I have you guys as I get alerts every time you you post a podcast. And I promise you, I've already been a, I've already been a guest on the podcast with you yelling from my car. At you and Bucky, <laughs> all right? But, you know, when, when I look at it and I'm just wanting to go on the other side of the ball uh, with the Cowboys defense and. Look, we had a, a big loss in, in free agency with Byron Jones leaving yeah. for Miami, right? But executive mm-hmm. VP Stephen Jones and also uh, Will McClay go into the draft and they get a guy that you have ranked in the second round and, and Trayvon yeah. Diggs. But I believe that we got a absolute steal in the fourth round in Reggie Robinson out yeah. of Tulsa. I know you have a lot of, of great uh, things to say uh, about him and obviously incoming Mike Nolan and the and being the new D.C., how do you see these rookies making that impact for the Dallas Cowboys secondary? Well, I think when you talk about DBs that can come in and make an impact, you talk about guys that can get nose to nose and and play man, you know, because as you're adjusting the schemes and coverages and adjustments, um, that can take some time to get comfortable. And with the limited offseason, you know, that's that can be a little bit of a challenge. But when you're talking about guys that can go nose to nose, and that's what Reggie Robinson can do. I mean, he's got the size, he's got the length, the speed. Um, to me, he's somebody that with just outstanding ball skills. So there's a lot that he can bring to the table. And I think he'll have a chance to get on the field relatively early. I, I'm anxious to see that competition between those guys with him and Diggs. You know, Diggs is, Diggs is again, you talk about somebody who can get nose to nose and do all those things and press coverage, absolutely. I think Robinson has a little more upside than Diggs, even though he was selected later. So that's one of those deals where I think somebody's picked higher and everybody just assumes that that position and that role is going to go to him early on. I wouldn't write Robinson out of that just yet. I'm anxious to see those guys battle it out. Now, I got to ask you, man, as far as Diggs and Robinson, who do you believe has the longer NFL career between the two? Well, I mean, that's it's tough to say at this point in time. Obviously, with Diggs, you, you, you look at the pedigree, you know, with the family, you look at playing at a high level at the, at the you know top program in the country in Alabama, that's safer. You know, I, I just think if you're saying what's the safer pick, probably digs. But if you're saying who has the most upside, I, I might even lean towards Robinson on that. And just that he has a little bit more that he can achieve. He's got further distance to travel to get there. Uh, but I, I, I think that could be a pair. We talk about this guy or that guy. It could be a combination where that's your starting corners um, in the future for this team for a long time. Yeah, DJ, I, I believe that Robinson, had he gone to a Power 5 school, he would yeah. have gone a lot higher uh, mm-hmm. in the draft. But look, this is – now we've gotten to the end of this, man. We can kind of let our hair down a little bit. And I got – well, you can let your hair down. Right? <laughs> you, got more, you got some beard going there. You can let that down. By the a way, I tried bit. the mustache. I, it lasted for 24 hours, and it got shut down. Executive uh, decision. Hey, I look, it looked good, man. You look like a guy that no, still gets. Hey, you look like a guy that still gets ID'd at the store anyway. Yeah. So it kind of gave you that Latin lover look, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not a good situation. It was not a good. Like when the kids, when you've got one daughter calling you the skinny Paul Blart, and you've got another daughter, you know, calling you Mario from the Mario Brothers. It's, uh, it's, not, a good, it's not a. It's not a great place to start. So we had to. We had to send him packing last night. Paul Blart, yeah, that'd get it cut off real quick, right? <laughs> now yeah, I gotta I ask you, I gotta good. ask you some, I gotta ask you some. Yeah. This is the my favorite part, man. Our rapid fire uh, yeah. questions. Now I know that you are a big time baseball fan, right? Yeah. So I've done my homework. I know you're a baseball guy. 
the uh, top of the ninth inning, the, the the bullpen opens. You got one guy to come through that door. I got two names for you. Yeah. Mariano Rivera or yeah. Rich Goose Gossage. Well, I would take Goose just because I'm a Padre fan. Uh, but I would I would try and summon. I would see if there. Where's Trevor Hoffman at? Is he just? He's <laughs> got to be back in that bullpen somewhere. That's my guy. Give me it. Get Hell's Bells comes. I mean, like people think about entrance. You know, entrance music now. It's like no big deal, and everybody has it. He yes, was like yes. the dude. That was yes. the one. Like nobody had that. He did it, and then I think after that, Mariano Rivera started coming out with uh, the sand. uh, Sandman or sand whatever. Man. Yeah, yeah. But no, so Hoffman, I mean, when you think about the old Jack Murphy Stadium, the old Qualcomm Stadium was a football stadium where they played baseball, basically. And they'd have big games in the playoffs. You'd have, you know, 75,000 people in there for a baseball game. And then you'd hear that. You just hear the gong and the whole place would just go nuts. Man. It was awesome. Yeah. Fun times. Uh, absolutely. Now, I know you've had an opportunity to to see a lot of NFL stadiums. And I want to ask you yeah. about if you would rank these as the worst stadiums. And okay. two stadiums in particular, Oakland Coliseum or the yeah. Vet in Philadelphia. Yep, I would say I've been in both. Uh, just I would say Oakland is worse because it's more recent in my memory, <laughs> having gone up there. It's just there's leaks everywhere. Like it was not a good situation. And you see the palace they're moving into in Vegas. It's going to be nice out there. That's a big win for us calling Charger games to, to head to Vegas for that one instead of to the uh, to the Coliseum in Oakland. Absolute upgrade right there. Now I got to ask you: flour or corn tortillas? Corn all day long. Corn and flour never wins. That is crazy. No. Corn all day long. All right. Yeah. I got a name for you. What comes to mind? I say this name, Chris Mortensen. Oh, uh, mentor, friend. Um, he's uh, he's the best. That would be what I would say about Mort. The best. All right. Now, final, final question. I'm going to put you in the Michael J. Fox DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, nice. Okay. And I'm going to ask you, what were you doing on September 25th 1994 September 25th 1994 I would have been a junior I would have been a junior in high school probably I don't know what day of the week that was but it, it, high school football during that time what was yeah. going on September 25th Oh you just went for 215 yards in a couple of couple of tubs you know just doing it? easy easy work uh <laughs> therefore it was an alcohol Christian beating yeah. Brooklyn yeah man 28 to 0 I got to do my homework and the thing is I may be new I may be new to this business but I realize you never give away your sources right That's wrong. <laughs> that's, wrong. that's good homework right there heck man that's fantastic that was Brethren Christian that team, they had a, they had a, a player by the name of Reggie Davis, who was a line. He was a quarterback and a linebacker. He went on and played the University of Washington, and then played the National Football League for several years. But yeah, they were they were very athletic. It was a good team. Yeah, I told you I was going to put you in the DeLorean. I, I went against yeah, the hot strong. dog time machine and for the yeah. DeLorean. I figured you relate to that. But DJ, I thank, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for this opportunity, man. I'll, I'll tell you what, anytime, man. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I loved everything about it from your background to your bleachers to your questions to your research. It was awesome. All right, man. Well, look, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I hope to get an opportunity to speak to you in the future. If you want to read any articles on DJ, please go to NFL.com. I do recommend that you subscribe to his podcast with Bucky Brooks, and let's move the sticks on Apple. Uh, again, thank you so much for, for joining us. I'm Heckman Harrison, and thank you for joining Talking Cowboys.